technologies that really allow it to leapfrog. And those are almost always connected devices. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in reduced costs okay. or operational increased capabilities yearly. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, industry 4.0, and interviews special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here. So let's go. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast. It's Friday, and on Fridays, we talk with companies on their lean journey. Today, I'm lucky enough to talk with Ben Greiner, president of Persist Consulting. And Persist is a digital transformation organization and operational consulting organization headquartered out of Seattle. So, Ben, welcome in. Tell us a little about yourself. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Well, you know, you and I have worked together over the years. And for your audience, I'm an organizational and digital transformation consultant. The last 15 plus years, I've focused on uh, digital transformation, both related to uh, the realization of value uh, in organizations around changing on how they, they manage by incorporating both hardware and software uh, into their value streams okay. and how they manage your business. You know, digital transformation is a large topic, and, and I do a Thursday episode of my weekly podcast on Industry 4.0. Where do you typically focus your efforts when you're beginning a digital transformation with a company? So, you know, we always take a look at the components of what sets up successful organizational transformation. And as soon as you start adding hardware or software, you make it digital. And when we take a look at what that means for most organizations is do they have, you know, one of three things. And that is, do they have the operational competence to take a look at what they're trying to accomplish. And most organizations do. But most organizations are missing a step is that do they have the change or transformational knowledge or culture on how to drive sustained, continuous, constant improvement? If they don't, then that's most likely where we're going to focus. And then from there is they do they have the technical um, capability to implement what it is that they're trying to leverage within their business. And when it comes to hardware, I was just in very few organizations uh, in the world uh, have the size and the ability to handle their own technical components of, say, this we're doing hardware implementation for an IoT deployment. It's pretty specialized. It's pretty fast moving. And that, that's an area where we dive in really, really heavily. Okay. So if they have those three components and they're good at them, we statistically know that we have a much, much higher opportunity to realize the organizational value that we, we lay out as a goal in these transformational efforts. Excellent. So they don't have the hardware ability on site. You, you guys add that aspect to it and help them kind of achieve the goals that you all laid out together. Absolutely. Excellent. What have been some of the successes that you've seen from some of the digital transformations that you've done? A digital transformation can uh, help a company reposition its product offerings, or it also can help an organization internally improve some of the aspects of how they manage. We can look at it both ways. You know, Nike had one of the most successful uh, connected device launches ever recorded. It's kind of a case study for how does an organization Im implement hardware in you know, their fuel band. Okay. And then Disney, of course, rolled out their magic band. Oh, yeah. Both of those projects, uh, we were involved in the strategy component layer of those projects had massive implementation implications for the users, for 
the category. I mean, before that, Fitbit didn't exist, right? There wasn't even right, category right. wearables, right? And then, and then later on, as we take a look at, you know, the what uh, the Magic Band for Disney was, you know, often was focused on the consumer. But we take a look at a project that I was actively involved in. That's a Carnival uh, medallion, which is being used on their medallion class cruise lines. Not a great time for the industry right now. Unfortunately. Yeah, prior to COVID, it was allowing the cruise ships to completely manage their supply chain as it related to consumer behavior. They could anticipate what an individual was interested in doing, where they were on the ship, what they were trying, wanted to engage in. So the right staffing levels the right employment levels, making sure they had the right food, uh, making sure that the right uh, alcohol uh, and upsell opportunities were there, encouraging them to participate in activities that they have expressed interest in, allowed the the ship to provide services at a scale that it had never been able to do before. Their employees were managed better. The operational effectiveness of the ship was significantly higher. Revenue streams were, of course, higher through customer satisfaction and people feeling more happy about their experiences. You know, and those are just kind of on the consumer facing side. Sure. A consumer facing device, you know, a connected device allowed a business to operate far more effectively. Take the same concept and apply that to a manufacturing organization where you know we we traditionally think of industry 4.0 as as being, you know, kind of the push and you go into an environment now where that has had connected devices forever. Right. So what about like an oil and gas super major that we just did a, a, a big project for? That super major does vibration sensing. They wanted to know, you know, how, how do you predictive anticip- anticipate their maintenance on equipment? And vibration sensing is something they'd like to do. And, and for the most part, you know, very, very few pieces of their asset group were getting tested. Hmm. And they were being tested relatively infrequently. And power, running cable, infrastructure just isn't feasible right. in most of these um, applications. And they're remote. They're all over the world in the middle of nowhere. If we take a look at an area that just doesn't have the infrastructure necessary to communicate from device to device, you know, we can use new technologies to leapfrog to a place that we, we can upload that. And that can be done by satellite and done very inexpensively. So now we can take even an old traditional industrial environment and we can add technologies that really allow it to leapfrog. And those are almost always connected devices. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in reduced costs okay. or operational increased capabilities yearly. And wow. we're not talking about cutting people's jobs. Right. We're talking about operating more effectively. That's what we're talking about. And doing it on a global scale in a way that allows an industry where infrastructure development is brutally expensive to do it such that they, they can kind of avoid all of this expense. Sure. You know, if you think about a hospital, hospitals, you can't, I mean, trying to put run wires to connect devices and to have all of your um, collection points in a building, you have to rip apart a building to wire it. Right. If you could avoid doing that, wow, what a different experience you could have. Yep. And so now take that exact same experience, put it in a hotel. Put it in a large manufacturing facility where humans are a big component of your work and where you're putting robotic automation in and robotic automation needs to coexist with humans. All these technologies, when applied in a purposeful, meaningful way, focused on transforming an organization's way of working and delivering services, 
can result in um, significant operational efficiency gains as well that are directly tied to bottom line net profit. No, absolutely. So going back to Carnival, what do you think the impact to their bottom line was uh, just from, from the medallion project? We know to a, a penny per square foot what the impact was to that project. It's all highly confidential. Okay. And I will just tell you that it is astounding. Okay. And the reason that it's astounding is that it touched the way consumers and customers experienced the services that are being delivered by the company. Yep. And that changes that changes the way people engage with them. It changed the way how people feel about them. That fundamental shift created a ripple effect through the organization that impacted the employees, impacted the way the ships operate, and it created a different feel that was a win-win for the company, for the employees, and for the consumer. Yeah, I mean, that sounds, you know, obviously we talk about digital transformation, but when you talk on that scale, I mean, that truly is yeah. a business-changing, industry-changing impact from that project. So fantastic. Oh, yeah, we're pretty proud of it. Oh, absolutely. I would be too. Out of the whole gamut of Industry 4.0 methodologies, what were some of the main ones that you focused on kind of in that project? I'm assuming IIoT, but what else was involved? In- yeah, well, that's a great question. What we focused on predominantly was the uh, the IoT component of the hardware, creating the underlying data. What that meant was is to have a wearable on a ship, which is a just a giant metal box. We needed to be able to have devices that could be in a crowd. We wanted to know if someone went into an auditorium and there were hundreds of people in there that they were there, but at the same time we didn't need we didn't need the granularity because we knew they were going to be there for the show. That we do if someone is is walking up to a bar and asking for their favorite drink, right? Which requires a whole lot of, of more precise knowledge of person and who they are and the correlation to what they're going to want to ask at the time. So yes, we focus heavily on the communication. We focus heavily on the technologies that were necessary for understanding concepts like time of flight. Where is this person related to another person? Where current technologies and data and, and capability around Bluetooth low energy, around NFC, just weren't there yet. A lot of new net new IP was created on how to leverage radio communication to understand an environment in a difficult area. For instance, if you use Bluetooth on the deck of a ship, the resonance of a Bluetooth lower energy frequency is very, very similar to salt water. Mm, wow. So if, if you have salty water blowing across the ship, which you often do at sea, the Bluetooth communication falls apart. Huh. You, need to, you need to be able to address that and still provide the level of, of customer service that says, you know, Mr. Smith is sitting over here at the pool so that when you deliver that person's drink, you know where they're at. Right. Because you know delivering a drink to the wrong person is one of the leading causes of revenue loss for a bar you don't know that until you dive into some of these industries that find stuff out like that so yes we used all kinds of net new technologies big data was a huge component of it we were now able to ask questions we've never been able to ask before and there were partners involved that created a virtual ship it, obviously, there's a digital twin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess maybe obviously for me, it's, it's a kind of a standard thing these days to do digital twins. Digital twins are used frequently to allow 
onshore operations to happen. You know, digital transformation is difficult. Um, put hardware into the picture, an IoT-based deployment, and it gets even much, even harder. Sure. All business transformations are complicated, regardless of you know digital or change management or lean. They're all we're dealing with humans, and we're dealing with people. Right. They're all complicated because we are all complicated. It's been that's been awesome. Thanks for educating us. I mean, guys, what a what an education for the audience. How can we reach out to you to learn more if we're interested? And um, yeah, let us know how to do that. Obviously, we're always interested in speaking with individuals who are passionate about growing and changing. You can reach out to us at uh, persistconsulting.com. If it's cool with you, we can post phone numbers. Um, yeah. Hardware-based digital transformation or software-based digital transformation um, is almost always something that should honestly be contracted out. Something that uh, consultants, certain consulting teams specialize in, and that's all they do right. day in, day out. And that's just kind of a muscle that most organizations have, haven't really had to learn how to flex. And that's where having some, uh, some education and some coaching goes a long ways. Uh, if you want to, you can call, you can call me directly. I'll even answer your, uh, answer it as a, as a human being, um, <laughs> in this digital age. Uh, my number is 206-396-5825. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been great catching up with you and it sounds like everything's going fantastic and th- those were great stories. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yep. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we are honored to serve you and we hope that you and your company are getting a little bit better every day. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with others in the lean and business community. If you'd like to turbocharge your lean efforts, please visit us at AmericanLean.com.